It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. Today's news is about living with less electricity. Most folks don't take the time to consider that we've only had electric power for the last hundred years or so. Before the turn of this century, going back to the beginnings of mankind, there's no record of any past civilization that ever used electricity on a significant scale. A few Middle Eastern archaeological discoveries have suggested the possibility of some form of primitive storage battery, which would lead to the theory that electric power might have been used for something, perhaps ceremonial. But there certainly isn't evidence of ancient light bulbs, motors, wiring, pop-up toasters, or similar technology that would suggest anything like what we have today. So living without electricity has actually been normal for mankind throughout history. Today's luxuries that we take for granted, like television, home heating, air conditioning, kitchen appliances, and so much more, all require lots of electric power to build and then even more to operate. Unfortunately, lost in this wonderful world of comfort, we often confuse what we want with what we need. For example, when the cold winter hits and the temperatures plummet, you need to stay warm or you'll freeze to death. You might want the convenience of an electric heat pump whole house system, but a basic wood-burning stove is all you need, based on tens of thousands of years of experience. In the hot summer weather, you can see thousands of folks driving around with the windows up and air conditioning on. Because they want to stay cool and comfortable, while never even considering whether they needed to be driving around in the first place. There are loads of other examples every day where we confuse what we want with what we need, and it's this confusion that leads to the thinking that we need all the energy and electricity that we use. Now, there's nothing wrong with using electricity in and of itself. But wasting it on things we don't need has created most of our problems with pollution and the environment. Fortunately, there are practical alternatives to the most wasteful uses of electricity. Instead of an electric stove, cook with gas. Instead of an electric hot water heater, use solar panels or gas. Instead of a huge electric freezer. Use a super-insulated, well-designed unit that can run off propane, 12-volt power, or regular home power. Instead of designing your new home to simply plug into the grid, design with the sun in mind to get some free winter heat, free indoor lighting, and even free air conditioning for most of the summer. Instead of having your exposed plumbing pipes wrapped with hundreds of watts of heating tape to keep them from bursting in the winter, superinsulate them or bury those lines to prevent freezing in all but the most sub-zero conditions. These approaches leave lots of electricity for things that really do need to operate with power, like computers, videos, stereos, communications, and just maybe. Most importantly, radio stations and CDs like the one you're listening to right now.
More information about living with less electricity is available from Back Home Magazine at 800-992-2546 or on the web at backhomemagazine.com. The news from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the Old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. Are you ready for the end of the world? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Well... You are listening to your community spirit. I'm your host, Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And together we have been doing your community spirit for quite a while now. Yes, for since last millennium. <laughs> That's true. Yes. It's like um, for millennia we have been doing your community spirit. Today is Friday, December fourteenth. In case you are um, a little disconnected, like huh. I feel right this mo- woke, unwoken moment. Yes, who am I? What's happening? Today is Friday, December 14th, the 348th day of 2007. There are 17 days left in the year. <laughs> now, today in history, in 1819, Alabama joins the Union as the 22nd state. In 1911, Norwegian explorer Rode Amundsen and his group become the first men to reach the South Pole, beating out an exhibit led by Robert F. Scott. In 1946, the United Nations General Assembly voted to establish UN headquarters in New York. So, those are a few things in history. In 1981, Israel annexed the Golan Heights, which it had seized from Syria in 1967. So if you have something in history that you would let us like us to let people know, or if you have happenings that you would like us to let other people know, mm-hmm. you have to email us at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Or, or you can email me at treesong at treesong.org. I think you should email him. His is easier to remember. <laughs> so let's see. We have some happenings today. The first on the list here is Open Minds. On December 16th at 8.45 a.m., that's this coming Sunday, at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship, which is located at the corner of Parish and Sunset, uh, which is 105 North Parish Lane. The event is Issues Roundtable. You can bring clippings, articles personal research, and reflections of current issues of concern. And you'll, you'll be able to share, listen, and learn, even pontificate or rant and rave, 
All opinions are respected and welcome. The Open Minds team will facilitate this session. For more information, you can visit the website www.cuuf.net or you can call them at 529-2439. And other happenings. That's this, this is the Sunday afterwards. We're going to have to remember to announce this next week on the show. <laughs> yeah. Sunday, December 23rd at 2 p.m. at the Interface Center. The Grove of Southern Illinois is a pagan spiritual circle that offers weekly public rituals and other opportunities for fellowship and community building. For more information, go online to treesong.org slash grove or email treesong at treesong at treesong.org. <laughs> and so, well, it doesn't say what it is. Yeah, it's the website has more of a description. It's a new pagan spiritual group that's okay. going to meet weekly. So it's I, you know, it's actually something I'm starting because I felt like there was a place in the community for it. For, you know, I know there's there's smaller private groups out there that have regular meetings, you know, weekly meetings. But for people who aren't part of one of those, it's hard to find others to share community with. So this is an opportunity to find other people and share a weekly experience with them. And that's around the solstice. Yeah, that's right. We're actually for uh, since the timing happened to be close to the sol- the solstice. I decided to do it right immediately after, and our first ritual is going to be related to Yule. What is Yule? Yule is the uh, it's the winter solstice. It's the uh, the winter holiday that happens at this time of year. So it's it's a big day because it's about you know the the light returning. We've got all this darkness going on because the sun is getting further and further away. Uh, you know, it's not the distance-wise, but in terms of how it looks in the sky. Right. So imagine, you know, the ancient people, they see the sun getting lower and lower in the sky, and they're aw- afraid it's going to go away forever. So they have a festival, a ritual to, well, make the sun come back. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come back, sun, we love you. And then it comes back. <laughs> well, sounds like a ritual that's good, huh? Yeah. We've been talking a little bit about the holidays I've been kind of trying to avoid it, <laughs> but I am sure you, like me, are now starting to get piles and piles of catalogs jamming your mailbox. Here is a chance. There's the catalog choice gives consumers control of their mailbox. This free online service lets people just say no to unwanted mail. Busy consumers tired of shifting through overflowing mailboxes can take heart. This new free online services gives users the power to choose the catalogs they no longer want to receive in the mail. It used to be you would call and you could opt out of receiving any catalogs and then you would have to, you know, if there's ones you liked, you'd have to call those companies up again and tell them, you know, I really want to receive your catalog. But if you go online here, you can pick the ones that you don't want to receive which is a really good thing because each year 19 billion catalogs are mailed to American consumers. What's the impact? Well, number of trees used, 53 million trees. Pounds of paper used, 3.6 million tons. Contribution to global warming, 5.2 million tons of carbon dioxide emissions, equal to the annual emissions of 2 million cars. So you get your catalog and you're just like, oh, well, and just toss it in the trash. If you don't opt out of it, you are still contributing to 
pollution and you are still contributing to trash and you are still having trees cut down for your benefit. So, if you would like to opt out, you may want to sign up by going to catalogchoice.org. Now, they put this up in the first two weeks, 51,000 people have signed up and have stopped 2.7 million catalogs in, in total, about 1 million pounds of paper. The equivalent to about 7,000 trees are getting roughly 300 cars off the road for a year. So if you would like to join this wondrous movement of alleviating the holiday stress, well, the annual stress of, well, taking those catalogs and either tossing them in the trash or saying, oh, I'll recycle them, I don't have time to read that, go online to catalogchoice.org. Again, catalogchoice.org. The best part of it for me is you actually have a choice because I like receiving catalogs. <laughs> I grew up and we lived out in the boonies and I liked receiving catalogs because it was actually a way for me to learn. I would learn about, you know, how society worked a little bit and the different products and, um, I don't know, I just like browsing catalogs. I almost never bought, but it was my way of, you know, going to the store essentially Yeah. in my <laughs> free time. So I like catalogs, but I don't like the piles and piles of them I get. So Yeah, you've got to only get ones that you're actually going to look at and possibly use. So catalogchoice.org, I feel like I'm really pushing this really hard, <laughs> but I get piles of catalogs, yeah. and I was just like joyous. Cause <laughs> I keep wanting to, like, before I wanted to opt out, but I was like, well, then I won't receive all the ones I like. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so now I just can pick and choose. Yeah, so now some of those 53 million trees won't uh, be chopped down. Yeah, so. <laughs> and tree not getting chopped down needlessly is a good thing. I like breathing. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I do it every day. So as part of the holidays, we thought, I mean, you. I saw this really nice clip online. Um, it was Buy Nothing Christmas. <laughs> and it was about a, a guy who had been playing Santa for almost 30 years, and he was going around asking people to not buy stuff because we've lost the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. He was like, we need to bring back the spirit of Christmas. And it was a really nice video. And he was just basically, you know, I mean, most of the people were like, well, I don't know if my kids would like that. <laughs> but then the families who had kids, you know, he was asking, you know, if Santa tells you that it's okay to, and the thing wasn't, he didn't say don't give gifts. He said, just don't buy them, make them. Yeah. Create the spirit, you know, work together, make gifts. And... I mean, my little niece, she's six, and she loves making things. <laughs> and we get together and make little cards and presents, and, you know, we'll have a pile of presents that, you know, s half of them, there's nothing really worth anything in it. <laughs> yeah. But it's the fun of making, it's part of it. Yeah. It's well, <laughs> I remember we used to, uh, partially because we were creative and partially because we were poor, <laughs> we would sometimes do these, uh, like, coupons like you know coupons are like i'll do the dishes for you or you know i'll give you a hug you know just we would make our own little homemade coupons saying you know we'll do this or that and it was fun we did too but i don't remember ever really redeeming them <laughs> yeah oftentimes you would you know it's, it's the thought that counts and <laughs> it was just like you know especially because if 
you know, if I would do the dishes anyway or give a hug anyway, you know, you you may not actually deem it, but it's the thought that counts. Yeah. Cuz I mean, truthfully, if if the person really needed the dishes done, they would could ask you and you <laughs> maybe do them. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, um speaking of which, if you really must buy stuff, <laughs> I've come up with kind of a list of, you know, green gift giving. Now, you can do certain things by just, you know, well, thinking about what you buy before you buy it. But. <laughs> yes, so there's a uh, few suggestions here of uh, green gifts that you can give. And I like this one, uh, organic chocolate. You know, anyone who likes gift giving can feel free to give me as much organic chocolate as they would like. <laughs> I like the endangered species chocolate, too. Yeah. Not only is it organic, but it helps, well, animals that are disappearing yeah so and fair trade chocolate is a good thing to look for too so yeah. that the people picking the chocolate and growing it also have a happy holiday and so speaking i mean organic fair trade and shade grown coffee now what is what is eco gold jewelry i don't know i saw that on the list and i was curious yeah maybe it's you know, I don't, maybe it's reused gold maybe reused gold or you know, gold that was harvested less destructively. <laughs> it's hard to get minerals without uh, being destructive. Well, I mean, the majority of gold is um, comes from war zones. Yeah. You know? So that's, you know, a lot of people get killed in the process. So. Yeah, so another option is rechargeable batteries, which is a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, I mean, the average rechargeable battery can be recharged 500 times. So, I mean... We have a lot, I mean a lot, of battery-operated doohickeys. Yeah. And, I mean, all you need to do, I mean, in my case, I have a battery charger in my house, and then I have one in the car. Yeah. And so, if my batteries, that's the best part, if the batteries ever go dead, there's a charger right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I have the same set of batteries I bought probably 10 years ago. So if you're giving uh, that gift, then you're actually giving 500 gifts because it recharges 500 times. Right, that's true. <laughs> and if you do give a gift and you don't give that requires batteries and you do not give rechargeable batteries, you are a bad, bad consumer. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> okay, so yeah, here's another one. Uh, no animal testing, personal care products. It's something a lot of people don't even think about, but things from shampoos to makeups to... Like, you know, basically a, lo a lot of stuff that you put on your own body has been tested on an animal's body because they think that's a way to see if it's safe. There's other ways to see if it's safe, but they're stubborn and they keep <laughs> testing on the poor animals. So there are products you can get of every variety that are cruelty-free. And then, of course, you can always either do recycled Make your own greeting cards. You can do e-cards nowadays. Um, I really, truly enjoy receiving a card. It's like, well, I re like re receiving a letter better, but if someone writes a letter in a card, <laughs> woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, pass on your good thoughts. And I think you're going to like this one, diet resolutions for the new year. Yes. <laughs> People are always saying, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have a diet. 
thoughts. New Year's resolutions are so common. Yeah. Well, instead of just deciding to lose weight, decide to change your diet. What is a rainbow diet? Do you know? I don't know. I'm wondering if that's like eating something of each food, like color. Color-coordinated eating. You know, yeah. That's what I was thinking, too, <laughs> but I don't know what it means. Yeah. That's the first one on the list. And uh, the next one is living food versus dead food. This is actually a resolution I may be making because I used to really like eating all live foods, and I kind of miss it. So I'd like to eat more, you know, foods that still have the all the nutrients intact and are whole foods and still vibrant and healthy. And then, of course, we already talked about organic coffee and chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff is good. Well, it's I'm good not stuff. much a coffee person. Yeah, but me neither. But I'm chocolate. definitely a chocolate <laughs> person. Yeah. So you, generally, you're addicted to one or the other. So <laughs> at least I'm addicted to one. Yeah. And chocolate's <laughs> the more mellow addiction. You don't get as jittery when you're high on chocolate. <laughs> so... Oh, and I like this one, organic school lunches. You know, if you're packing a lunch for your little kid or for, you know, your little grown-up person who's going off to work somewhere, <laughs> you can make sure they've got healthy things to eat while they're away. Especially because a lot of schools and workplaces will have just just the most terrible, like, you know, vending machines and processed foods and such. You can give them a little package to be sure that they're, you know, got something healthy to eat. And it's not actually on this list, but one of the best things you can do for the planet and for your health is go vegetarian. Yeah, we we mentioned that we've mentioned that a few times. The stories, the ecological impacts, you know, because you're eating lower on the food chain, so that means that there's less resources needed to supply those foods. And I mean, it is healthy for us too. I mean, you just have to have a balance of everything you eat. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So don't eat too much of one thing. I think that's the rainbow diet. <laughs> yeah, the rainbow diet. Try to balance out everything. And uh, another one it mentions on here is joining a CSA, which is Community Supported Agriculture. And in general, supporting local farming, too, is good. Because uh, it's good for you because you get nice, fresh veggies and fruit and such. And it's good for the planet because, let's face it, shipping that food, you know, 10, 20 miles is a lot lighter on the planet than shipping it 1,000 miles, 2,000, 5,000. I hope you make a good New Year's resolution and one that you'll stick to and make yourself feel better and better for the planet because we can all make this place a better place. Hey, I'm a wise one. <laughs> we'll be right back with the news. Political Science 215. At least 215 climate scientists signed declaration urgent action on climate change. In a notable first, at least 215 of the world's top climate scientists from over 25 countries have signed a declaration urging strong action against climate change, aiming to get the attention of world leaders attending the UN <coughs> Climate Conference in Bali, Indonesia. In their special science-y way, the scientists emphasize that climate change really truly is an amazing huge problem. So policymakers of the world, it's time to do something about it already. Come on. Quote, 
the amount of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere is now far exceeds the natural range of the past 650,000 years and it is rising more quickly due to human activity, the declaration reads. If this trend is not halted soon, many millions of people will be at risk from extreme events such as heat waves, drought, floods, and storms. Our coast and cities will be threatened by rising sea levels and many ecosystems, plants, and animal species will be in serious danger of extinction, end quote. Man, they're not pulling their punches at all there. Woo. They ain't playing. No. The signers say that world greenhouse gas emissions, quote, need to be reduced by at least 50% below their 1990 levels by the year 2050. There is no time to lose. Straight to the source, the Associated Press, and they're still working on this. Well, the a lot of people in the world are w- at this, you know, climate conference working on, well, trying to figure out ways to mitigate, alleviate, simplify ways of making less pollution. Yeah, and a lot of people, not quite the U.S., but a lot of other nations. <laughs> So another news, uh, related news, hey, look over there. U.S. avoiding action at current climate meeting announces new climate meeting. They keep, they keep doing this. It's kind of weird, actually. President Bush will host a climate change meeting in Hawaii next month for 17 of the world's major greenhouse gas emitters to talk about setting goals for curbing emissions. The meeting is a follow-up to an anticlimactic climate summit that Bush hosted in late September. Oddly enough, word of Bush's upcoming meeting was released, even as there's another climate change meeting going on in Bali, right this red-hot minute. In Bali, attitudes of the U.S. delegates are so obstructionist that 11 committee chairs from the U.S. House felt compelled to write a letter assuring other conference attendees that, quote, President Bush's avoidance of action is not the status quo here in America. Straight to the source, readers, uh, yeah, so you, it's the whole distraction trick again. Like, oh, well, we'll have another climate meeting. <laughs> Don't pay attention to this one. I'll talk a little bit more about that. All that glitters is not goal. <laughs> the U.S. blocking agreement on emissions goal at Bali Conference. The United States delegation at the United Nations Climate Conference in Bali, Indonesia, appears have successfully blocked agreement on sp- specific emissions reductions targets so far. Europe and many developing countries have called for cuts of 25% to 40% by 2020 to avoid the effects of catastrophic warming. But in the face of U.S. opposition to anything meaningful, U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon said today that setting specific targets now, quote, may be too ambitious. The lead U.S. negotiator implied that targets, if they were allowed, might actually lead to (gasps) actual cuts. Oh, no. Quote, the reality is this business is that once numbers appear in the text, it prejudges the output and will tend to drive the negotiations in one direction, end quote. And we can't have that. However, U.S. state and local leaders began arriving at the Bali conference to give the world another glimpse of the U.S.'s attitudes towards emission cunts. And Al, Nobel Laureate Gore, is also expected to make an appearance. <laughs> Straight to the source, Associated Press. So, so changes in the wind, both climate change and social change. <laughs> and the scary thing is, is 
Well, things are a melting. Yes. It is this holiday season. Let's see. Well, sheet. Greenland ice sheet is melting. It's melting. The Greenland ice sheet is melting at alarming rate, as in faster than it has in satellite measurements began in 1979 and with 10% more melting in 2007 than the previous record year of 2005. Allow, allow researcher Conrad Steffen to put it into perspective for you. Quote, the amount of ice lost by Greenland over the last year is the equivalent of two times all the ice in the Alps or a layer of water more than half a mile thick covering Washington, D.C. Yes, we think that qualifies as alarming. Straight to the source, Reuters, Longmount Daily Times. Yes, and on a happier note, we'll send you off here with a song we often play uh, during the holidays. It's a, you know, about harmony between different faiths, and it's called The Christians and the Pagans by Dar Williams. So we hope you have a happy holiday, and we'll see you back here next week. It's called The Christians and the Pagans. Your uncle said we're up here for the holiday. Jane and I were having solstice. Now we need a place to stay. And her Christ-loving uncle watched his wife hang Mary on a tree. He watched his son hang candy canes, all made with red dye number three. He told his niece it's Christmas Eve. I know our life is not your style. She said Christmas is like solstice, and we miss you. And it's been a while. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground the best that they were able And just before the meal was served, hands were held and prayers were said Sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses The food was great, the tree plugged in, the meal had gone without a hitch Till Timmy turned to Amber and said, is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said, the pies are burning, and she hit the kitchen. And it was Jane who spoke, she said, it's true, your cousin's not a Christian. But we love trees, we love the snow, the friends we have, the world we share. And you find magic from your God, and we find magic everywhere. So the Christians and the pagans sit together at the table, finding faith and common ground.